Welcome back, Die Hard. Die Hard, I'm going to throw you a challenge. When I say cold calling, what do you think about? Is it a positive thought or a negative thought? Huge. What about door-to-door selling? Oh, that's even harder. <laughs> if, if you add cold calling to door-to-door selling, that's like the biggest turn off on the planet. We're going to call it turn on. We're going to be able to open doors with people that love to see you and will accept your message and buy. And Mitch Matthews, our guest today, former NFL player, is now making more money in a door-to-door business than he made in the NFL. And not only is he in the business, he has hired over 100 people to do what he's doing. And he's going to tell you how they're generating their success selling door-to-door and how you can too. Take a listen. Welcome to the Sell or Die podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Gittimer. And I'm your host, Jen Gittimer. Well, in this podcast, we're going to help you attract more qualified, unbelievable, ready-to-buy clients. We're going to help you build loyal relationships. And the one thing you're hoping for, close more deals. Let's get into it. It's time to sell or die. Welcome back to Sell or Die. We have a special guest today. Who? I'm not telling. No, it's like it's not a secret. This guy deals in bugs. <laughs> when he says don't bug me, he's not kidding. He is responsible <laughs> for the death of billions of bugs. Yeah, generationally for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and the challenge that you have at home diehard, I will guarantee you, you have opened up a cabinet door and seen something swiggle around and you're like, oh my God, what the hell is this? It's a bug. And your job is to not have the bugs. That's your job. But Mitch, Mitch Matthews, his job is to get rid of those bugs. And he has an enterprise of people who that's all they do. They go around and they, they get customers to take on his exterminating service. And uh, do you still call it exterminating? That's great. Yeah. And then he tears it up. What I really love most about this, besides the bug squashing, because I'm not a bug person. If you haven't, every time you've mentioned the word bug, I squirm, if you haven't noticed. But what I really love most about this is that you are training young people to make sales and exactly what it takes to have grit and be resilient and just go for it. Make sales and earn money. Yeah. And so my business the, partner the and I. combination of that is should be able to take anyone who's reluctant to get into selling because they think it's pushy or whatever. This is actually a fun job. And not only are young people having a great time and making money, but it makes them feel the self-confidence that it breeds when you make a cold call and you make a sale and someone gets benefit as a result of it. That's life-changing for a young yep. person. It's rare to have, you know, you take someone's money uh, or they give you their credit card and you say thank you and they say thank you as well. It's a good feeling because you really help someone out if you both both parties are saying thank you. And just to briefly talk about what we talked about before, there's two parts of, of our business. There's the operations side. They're in charge of the exterminating. They're in charge of, of all the operation of the business. And my business partner runs that side of things. So if you ask him, we're a pest control company that happens to do sales. But if you ask me, we're a sales company that happens to be pessimistic, right? Exactly. And so that's sort of the swagger our sales guys have. And that what I instill in our guys is give them any service. They can sell vacuums, they can sell solar, they can sell cut cone eyes, whatever. But these guys are sales machines and they can sell anything because we teach them the 
the human psychology that's embedded in every type of sale. And these guys put it to use, let me tell you. So can you tell us your story? How did you get into this? Totally. Yeah. Um, Richard Branson said, uh, if you don't know what you're doing, but you get presented an opportunity, just say yes, and then learn along the way. I'm a product of that mindset. So I was playing football at Brigham Young University and then played a couple of years in the NFL afterwards. And when I got cut from a few teams and wasn't sure if I was going to continue to play anymore, uh, a couple of guys presented this opportunity to me. And I said yes without hesitation. And I didn't know anything about it. I never had done sales, but I knew my personality. I knew my energy. And I thought it's something that, that I could make work. And so I said yes, and then learned along the way. And uh, boy, am I glad I did it. And this is our, we're, we hit our sixth year in business in the next 30 days. And it's been fantastic. We'll most likely hit the 20 million in revenue mark this year. And uh, it's been a wonderful thing. And that's reoccurring revenue, by the way. That's awesome. That's customers that are still paying us from years and years ago. And it's been a fantastic journey. And I'm so glad I said yes and uh, had the guts to learn along the way. How many young people have risen up the ladder through Anthem? Tons. You know, we have divisional managers, regional managers. We have guys that have that have gone from, I mean, <clears throat> making nothing to, I mean, using their words, sucking to now they're, they're our corporate sales trainer and they're over a hundred people teaching them how to earn a quarter million, third of a million dollars in five months. It's just baffling how, how well these guys have been able to scale and grow and time um, with effort is what what uh, you know we always say is what helps young people because it just takes time when you're young you don't have the experience so give yourself three years in this and you'll become somebody by the end of that three years for sure so we have lots I'm of gonna guys throw something at you. something the average young person will spend somewhere between 30 and a hundred thousand dollars a year to go to college and graduate with debt they go to work for you they start to make money in their first 30 days. And by the end of that uh, five-month period of time, they've retired all of their debt. And now they're ready to go out in the world and, and make something of themselves. They're, they're banking money. So you're a bank that just happens to be in the exterminating business. There you go. That's well said. And we have guys that are coming home after one summer and paying off all four years of college. You know, we have guys that are making 10 grand a week doing this. Uh, but they have to be good. They have to put in all the hours. They have to be really talented and be willing to put in the work. One of the things that I love about athletes, just in general, is that they're willing to be coached. And you're basically coaching salespeople, not training salespeople, to be able to be a better person than a better salesperson. You're training in mindset and you're training in self-confidence. And then they go out and perform the way you ask them to perform and it works and they make money. That's proven. Yeah. It works and they make money. That's proven. Okay. And so if you're, our listeners are diehards. And so you diehard, if you're out there and you're a, a college graduate, which we would like you to be, if you have any kind of sales capability, which it doesn't really matter, we're going to train you from scratch. And third, you have the desire to earn. And many of our diehards are parents of these young kids looking for an opportunity. I got to get my kid a job. I got to get my kid. You don't have to do that. The kid can get themselves a job. The question is, is it an opportunity or a job? And with Mitch's company, it's an opportunity. Yeah, very well said. I would say 18 to post-college, anybody. We have, we have people in their 30s doing this and they're still, they're fantastic, right? Because if they knew that they could they could structure their life in a way where they could spend four to five months a year making what it takes everybody 12 months to make, 
then they'd want to sign up, right? So the, the, the best part about this job, and just to echo what you were saying, is when people have the ability to go out for four months and make 50, 100, 150, quarter million dollars selling pest control door to door, do you know what that does for their ability to take other risks in their life? Let me give you an example. Oh, yeah. When I figured out my first year in sales ever, post football, that I could go out and make a quarter million dollars in my first year in four to five months, what that did for me is, well, wait a minute, I can go be so courageous and bold and, and attack any dream I want. Because if those dreams failed, if I went for this big, hairy, audacious dream and it failed, well, my base is Mitch yeah. can go spend five months of his time and make a quarter million dollars. So I'm going to go chase my dreams every single year. And a lot of our sales reps do. They go chase their dream the other eight months of the year because if they fail, they have the skill set that their minimum is always, I can go drum up, walk, use my legs, knock on people's doors. And I have the skill set to always protect myself, and my family. So what it does psychologically for these people is help them really think big because they, they've given themselves a skill set to have this, this baseline of, of ultra success, which is just amazing for, for uh, young people's psychology. If I decide to become one of your employees and we like each other, explain to me how the training process works. So we put you with a sales manager and uh, whatever territory we think would be best for you. Maybe you already live in Dallas, Texas, or maybe, you know, you get an interview with me and I think you'd be a good fit because each of our teams has different cultures. And so maybe you'd be a good fit with this team because of your background that we found out. And I, I had you meet one of our managers and you really liked him. Then there's an onboarding process, a training process. We get housing for these people so that they're, they don't you know, say, oh my gosh, a new city. Do I have to buy a car? Do I have to do this? We pretty much provide everything for them in this city. We just want them to come down as a trained sales rep. So with the hundred plus training videos on our website, and some of those training videos include a hidden camera in a van recording a, a mic'd up me on a door making sales. So they get to literally watch semi-live me and some of our top sales reps make uh, sales live and learn this process, feel really comfortable, just arrive in our city as a trained salesperson and we'll take care of you. That is That's so phenomenal. It's, it's literally a sales mission. That is so it cool. It is literally a sales mission. And it's like a game. Like we've gamified this entire thing. So Dallas is competing against Houston. They have their certain territory. They're competing against each other. We have incentives all the time. Like, for example, we have an incentive this year that if you sell 125K in revenue, if you're a rookie, or 150K in revenue, if you're a veteran, that we take you to Dubai on September 15th this year. So we've just gained. I want to go to Dubai. Come on, let's go. You're hired. So <laughs> that that's we gamified this so that people have things to look forward to, and that you know it makes it really fun for them. And they're competing person to person. And before they know it, the summer's over. They go back to college and they they receive a big paycheck. So we wow. just made it really fun. And the training is is I don't, I don't want to say intense, but they have all the tools they need from a mic'd up uh, top sales rep. They can learn the pitch and really see it in action. So how do you take someone who's never sold before, who's never knocked on doors and teach them to sell? Like what are the main tenants or elements that, that they need to even learn? Yeah. So I believe first, got to start with the base, which is memorizing our script. 
Okay, so it's a literal script. They memorize it word for word. And you can memorize the script. You can know the words, but if you're stuttering the whole way through it, if your eye contact's not right, if your hands aren't right, you're still going to suck, right? But the fact that you have that, you can at least get through it. So if you do knock on someone's door, who's a lay down, we call them, you can at least make that sale, right? So if that's the base, then you open up our 200 page training manual workbook, and you've got to complete that before you ever even start uh, with us in the summer. And each page's workbook has QR codes to all the videos. So there's just levels to this. You start with memorization, then you get the training. Once you do that with your sales manager, the real way you learn sales, in my opinion, is role-playing. If you can perfect role-playing, the doors are actually easier. The actual sales easier if you can uh, perfect the role-playing. So that's the final stage, role-playing. And then every single day in the summer, these guys aren't just waking up and, and stumbling out of bed to their area. We meet at 1030 every morning and we role play for 45 minutes, set goals, and they drive to their area and we can track where they're at. We can track the pins they lay on top of the houses. This is a flat out game. This is like technology meets sales meets fun meets Dubai all in one, you know? This sounds amazing. Have you been to other places besides Dubai? Oh, I've never been there. That's this year. We just got back from Brazil a few months ago. We took our top... 25 reps to Brazil this year. We're going to Dubai next year and we'll do something even better the next year, I'm sure. Okay, wow. so I'm a historian of sales. I own the history of sales <laughs> in, in book form. I love it. Um, literally more than 3,500 books on the science of selling. And cold calling has been one of those enigmas over a period of time because it works for some people. It doesn't work for other people. And there's a resistance or a reluctance oftentimes to make that initial call, especially when you're going to someone's home and you see stuff like this on my desk, you walk into someone's door and they have this. Oh, we see those <laughs> every other door. No, right. there's no salesman, no soliciting. Yeah. Well, I was in Portland and drove out to the beach and on the way back, stopped at an antique store. And I bought $200 worth of antiques in the store. And I walk out and I see the sign of the door. I go, dude, I'm a salesman. Why would you say no to me? And so I took the sign. Amazing. I love that. That's awesome. It so, sounds very Oregonian too, to have that. Oh Yeah, very Oregonian. There are other elements of the history of cold calls. And I think you need to understand those for your people so that they understand it's not a new thing. This is... The foundation of America was built on cold calls. Yeah. And the foundation of selling was built on cold calls. Right. And Whether they were selling a, a cash register or they were selling some home-based product. And isn't really every first transaction in some way a cold call? Like if you, if you want to sort meet of. that person and you're yeah. at that table, the first thing out of your mouth is a, in, a, in a sense a cold call. So uh, when people say, oh, I don't like cold calls. I don't do cold calls. Well, you probably don't realize you're doing them every single day. And you better be dang good at them because that could be the business partner that you need to start that big company that you want to start. That's right. Because at some point, you didn't know everybody you know. Right. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. very true. So... You won awards for selling thousand homes in under five months. Is that right? Yeah. Which, by the way, that record records are meant to be broken. That record has been uh, beat since ten times over. But that, that's how it should be. So five year, four years ago, in my first year in sales, I was bitter 
I was hurt. Uh, I had just recently lost my mom. I had, uh, football was, I think I thought football was ending. And so I was, I was hurt, right. I was looking for my next thing. And, uh, I remember asking my business partners who had been in this industry for longer than I had, because I came from football. I said, what are the records? Like I'm breaking them. And the record was a thousand accounts in five and a half months. That was the fastest someone had ever sold a thousand homes. And only a few people had ever done that anyways. So I said, okay, I'm beating that. I'm doing it under five months. And I said, has any rookie ever done it either? They said, no. So those are the two records I went after and, and I made sure I did it. Not because I even know where that money I made four years ago is now, but because if I could be that person who can do that type of thing, I can educate on that type of thing and it, I can become attractive to potential salespeople who want to learn how to be a great, talented rookie, a great, talented first year rep and do impossible things in this industry. And so that, that was my real drive was for the future of, of the business. So when you break it down, how did you do that? Like what contributed to that success? Because that's insane. Yeah. Do you want me to get deep with you here? Can we tell you yeah, what? Please yeah, please do it. Okay. Yeah. Listen, so- our people are leaning forward right now. Thousands of listeners are leaning forward. They want to know your secret sauce. They want to know your, yeah. your strategy. Yeah. So if you don't mind me, I'll, I'll ramble through this, but I'll give you the goods and uh, hope, hope, people, hope people love it. So first things first, perspective. So my definition of what hard or difficult was, was stronger than I'd say most people that I'd ever met before. A few months before this, I got married. My mom had passed away a few days before my wedding. So that whole thing, we'll call wow. this a thing, this whole event was tough. Uh, at that time, I was on the Minnesota Vikings. So I'm playing the highest level of, of sport. And... No, you're not. The Vikings suck. <laughs> yeah. You know what? <laughs> well, I beg to differ. Uh, okay, but, that's okay. You know, <laughs> You're entitled hard, to your wrong opinion. It's hard to have a comeback, you know, the, uh, you know, Eagles in the Super Bowl. But at the time, life was just hard. Like, it was just difficult. I, I'd been slapped in the face. There you go. I like that. Rub it in. So for Please. me, life was just, was just difficult, tough. And yeah. I had a duty to do. I had a business to run. I had a wife to take care of. I had a, a, a passing best friend mom. And I had to play sports at the highest level. And so you take that perspective, you take that trial, and you compare it to people saying no to my pest control. One's a lot more difficult than the other. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. So to me, it was a so direct it's a perspective. It is the perspective. I it's agree. Perspective. And so it not only was like a rejection is annoying, but not only was it not tough, it was laughably easy. And so if you can get to the point where rejection is laughably easy, who cares if they didn't want it? They missed out. It doesn't right. affect you at all. Then right away, your sales skills can be far less than a lot of other people, but you'll still sell more because you can still take positive energy to the next door. Most people, when they get told no, they take negative energy to the next door. I was able to take positive energy to the next door because it was laughably, comically easy to get over that because of what I had just gone through. So I had positive vibes going to every single door. Very healthy. Because that that's, that's, that's Hang different. Hang on one second. Okay, so I cold called every office in Uptown Charlotte. I'd go to the top floor and work my way down in the on the fire escape elevators. And I and somebody would say, "Well, I'm not interested." And I would say, "Wow, you're only the second person this morning that said not interested." It usually takes me four people who aren't interested before I find one who is interested. Do you know anybody else that might not be interested? Yeah, there you go. You gamify. Okay, and so I'm making that person laugh so that I can go to the next door. 
Plus laughter gets you an extra, an extra 30 seconds. Always make someone oh, yeah. laugh oh, yeah. 30 seconds. And if you give me 30 seconds, I'm too much energy for you to not give me another minute and a half, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that, so, that positive energy at the next door is so huge. And this is diehard. This is something, whether you're selling door to door or call to call or zoom to zoom, taking positive from whatever happened prior is so important. Like when I sold Cutco, if I didn't, I, my goal, my personal goal was to sell the eight piece block set because that was like the incentive, right? And what a good thing to sell. So, and useful for each person. And if I didn't sell that, I always sold something, but if I didn't sell that, I would, I would be so upset. And I had to call my boss, quote unquote, after each call. And what I didn't realize then, but obviously I get now is that he was trying to break my state if I was upset. So like, if I didn't get the sale I wanted, he would point out the positives, but then he would make me go do something physical, like run around the block five times or sing at the highest volume in my car or, you know, whatever it is. And then to call him back and let him know I was good before I went into the next one. Yeah. And, and diehard, just take this in mind. We're trying to get everything out of Mitch in terms of how he does what he does, but we're so excited about <laughs> how we were rejected that we need yeah. to talk about it because it's yeah. the foundation for our literally for our success. If yeah. I hadn't been told no four out of five times, I'd have never been good. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, Sorry. Keep going. No, okay. So. That, I mean, that was, that was the, the book, but the, yeah. the last thing I wanted to say here uh, with that, just to echo you guys is you can't have a mental change unless you have a physical change first. So doing something physical, Ooh. like running on the block or doing the jumping jacks, that's how you get a mental, a mental change. And for young people that we find the ones that I really lick my chops over when we're hiring them is when I, I know they've played college sports or I know they've gone to a great school or, I, or they tell me some sort of story or a trial they went through. I'm like, wait, you're going to be perfect because I know your perspective already. The last thing though, that I would say is I knew my numbers so well, right? Because if I was looking to just go make money out there on the doors, well, I could have made five sales in a day. And I just like, I think that's, that's good enough. Like, I, I think it's good enough because I made a couple grand today. That, that feels good enough. But when you know your numbers because they're attached to something very important to you, like breaking records for the future of your company, numbers become really important to you. So I had five months to do this. So I had to sell 211 people exactly per month. I had to sell 8.59. That's the exact number per day. I had to sell 51 people per week. Those numbers are, and if you do the math, those numbers are so ingrained in my mind over 117 days that that spit out 1,004 homes over the course of uh, five months. And those those four years ago, but those numbers are so ingrained in my mind that it was like, it, it became a need and a must, not a want, because my wants change all day long. They change year by year, season by season, but my needs don't. And I needed to do what I did. So I needed to perform a certain way. And, and the numbers were my accountability partner. But the, keep in mind that the discipline of athletics is foundational for salespeople. True. You're training, you're learning the plays, you're, you have a playbook, your coach is inspiring to you, encouraging to you, pointing out where you, where you could be better. And then you have game films. And those films are what really teach you where to position yourself, where to be, where, where you should have been, where you could have been, and what you should have done. The, similarity between professional athleticism and selling is undeniable. Yep. They are the same to me. The habits, yeah. the training. And the winning attitude and the, and the desire to, to be better, win more games, set the record, 
win the Super Bowl, which <laughs> there you go. How much is on this guy's desk? He's pulling out like he's got he like has everything. This is the, the first Super Bowl we won, and this is a Nick Foles game used Super Bowl. I was teammates with Nick Foles in uh in Kansas City. He was there for a little bit. Great guy, great quarterback, totally great story great too. And the Philly special will live in infamy in pro football. Absolutely. The the, the interaction between uh Coach Peterson and Nick Foles uh, on before the play was actually called is one of my favorite, yep. favorite clips. It's great. So diehard, we've determined that even though you may not be a professional athlete, if you have played sports and been coached, then you're a candidate to be a great salesperson. Yeah. And because like you're said, willing to, to go to win. You're, you want to win the game. You're not winning for somebody else. This is not win one for the Gipper. That's a movie. Yeah. You're going to win one for yourself and your family and your all the things that Mitch won for his winning in sales. He wanted to yeah. set the record so that he could provide for his family and, you know, look at himself as a winner. Yeah. And the fact that he did not make it in the pros means nothing compared to the discipline and the lessons that he got while he was playing pro. I agree. And when I, when I look for potential salespeople, it's not that I only look for former athletes or former this. It does perk my ears up to say, well, tell me more about that. I want to know your resiliency, you know, mm -hmm. I want to know how, what you did. Um, but for anyone listening, it, to me, it's, it's uh, when I talk to a potential salesperson or potential business partner, potential anyone that I'm going to work with, I want to know their story to see if it aligns with mine. I want to know their story to see if they've gone through something or gone through that it. Because if they have, then bumps in the road aren't going to throw them off completely. Because in yeah. sales, momentum is so key. And if you're someone that gets thrown off, like, and, you, and you're not seen for a week, or you're not seen for three or four days, or, oh, I had this thing, and you're just boom, gone. I don't want that volatility in my life uh, as a business partner, as salespeople. So those people that look at bumps in the road as opportunities to tell another story about how they overcame that, that's the person I want. Yeah. I totally agree. When I was doing multi-level marketing recruiting, we were given a stack of papers of people that had just moved into the neighborhood, new homeowners. And we had to set five leads for appointments the following day before we could go home. And you had no choice. You set five appointments, dude. That was it. So you had a goal and that goal had no deadline, except you couldn't go home. Yeah, but now people would say, oh, there's no work-life balance at that company. They don't let yeah, you bro, go home. Bullshit. I'm not going to work there, that, 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 you know? And whereas what, what I think when you're selling and you have five months to make these sales and you own those numbers, no one's telling you you have to stay. You get to yeah. stay. You get to get up earlier. You get to start earlier. Mm -hmm. You get to take a shorter life. Like, that's a choice. I have a work-life balance statement. If you're if you're not working out of balance, your checkbook will be. Mitch, were there ever weeks where you were behind, like you weren't at your target? Totally. All what, the time. What did, so what did you like? What was what did that look like? I knew that I was going to fall behind before I fell behind because <laughs> I was treating people like a number. I was treating people like they were a product of my goal. And I brought selfish vibes to the door. When they give mm -hmm. me an objection, I snap, I'd be a little more snappy with them. And so those days where I only, I sold half of what I needed to, uh, I would go back and uh, when like I could calm down and just talk to the spouse, I would say, man, I, I was just kind of a jerk today a little bit. 
not overly rude or anything, but I was just, I just wasn't the guy that can go sell high numbers. That person, that Mitch from last week who sold, you know, 80 in a week, he was positive. He was mm. incredibly nice and kind and funny and brought such an energy. He introduced himself as the coolest person that they had ever met before he even opened his mouth. That's how strong his vibes and energy were. So I got to get back to that tomorrow, you know, and then I go back tomorrow and I just watch everything start to flow again. I'm like, that's it. Wow. As you rest as you get tired, as you get grumpy, it just like, it's sort of this little wave, right? But yeah. my waves were never like this. They were never huge. They were just little micro waves. I've had some down days, some big days, but I made sure my vibe was on point with everything I did from habits to self-talk to, uh, um, you know, the way I approach people. Reset your mindset. That's the challenge. Because if you have a no, you almost can't end the day on a no. Sure. You have to end the day on a yes, because that is your own reset for tomorrow. Okay, so... Is there anything else that you want to add? Are there any nuances that you had in your in your quest for doing this? Like at the end of a month, did you celebrate yourself? Did you put yourself in a position where you were giving yourself rewards for having made your numbers? Uh, yeah. So anyone that um, sells six hundred and fifty thousand in revenue, which is about a thousand homes, we buy them a Tesla. Wow! I know it's crazy. It's, it's an open invite, by the way. We've, we've had six people do this. Uh, but as the owner of the company, I didn't even get my own incentive. I tried to buy one myself. So that was my like thing. It's like, all right, you're going to buy yourself a Tesla if you do you know, these numbers and uh, uh, celebrate a little bit. But one thing popped on, into my mind that I want to share is in this world today that we live in, there are so many distractions. Like you probably look at someone my age and say, well, you're probably way more distracted than we ever were as a kid. And that's probably true. But one thing I, I, I think I did to allow myself to have success is I told everybody in my circles, I told everyone that I thought would need me during those four and a half months. I said, guys, this is my goal. This is my journey. Just know if I don't get back to you within five minutes via text, I still love you, but I got to go hit this goal. And so they turned from potential distraction to biggest cheerleader instead. They text wow. me positive notes, right? Same thing with, uh, with, with family, uh, with friends, with my spouse. I said, babe, oh my gosh, those next eight months, I'm going to take care of you. But these next four, I got to go for it all. Because what, what that'll do if I had that goal is going to change the trajectory of our life. And it did. And so I turned potential distractions into opportunities and my biggest cheerleaders. And so if you're 19, if you're 20, 21, even 25, you have Instagram. Like that thing is in my back pocket. Notifications are off. I don't check Instagram during the day. I'd maybe do it on Sunday, right? That's just, I'll have someone else run my Instagram for the time being, but I've got to stay laser focused. And so your ability to protect the chance to be successful by eliminating distractions is what really will make or break you in class, in school, in yeah. your, your sport, in, uh, especially in sales too, because you have to be primed when you show up to that, that door or on that call. Can I go a little bit deeper now, historically? Please, do your thing. Who, who is Alfred Fuller? I don't know. I don't know. Come on, you need to know this. It's very I important. Should. Alfred Fuller is the guy who created Fuller Brush. Okay. And Fuller Brush is the original door-to-door -door company that sold brooms and brushes. I can't wait to hear about him. This is his autograph. I love it. And his, his book is called A Foot in the Door. And Fantastic. he taught his people that when the woman of the house opened up the door, the salesperson would put his foot in the door jam so that they couldn't slam the door on him. Great way. Gives him steel-toed boots. Okay. That was in the 1920s. And this 
is a book called The Fuller Bristler. And door-to-door salespeople were called pluggers. See the thing there says the plugger? Mm-hmm. Because they never quit. And this is some this is their yearbook of all the stuff that they did during that year. All the fuller brush people around the around the country. And this is some thoughts inspired by pluggers. And here is a page of pluggers. Look at those guys. But they had it's all men too. (laughs) Yeah. They had their poems, their songs, all the things that they did to keep their attitude at yes. And they encouraged each other to win. So even though they were not in the same part of the country, they were reunited by similar message and similar thought processes. And at the end of the day, they're writing down their positive things and, and sharing them with other people. There was no internet, there was no fax machines. There was no computer. There was no AI. There was hardly a telephone. And these guys somehow managed to stay together as a team. And then every once in a while, they would meet. That's amazing. This is a better one. The the full squad. There's a camaraderie there. You have brothers and sisters that are out in the field doing the same exact thing. And somebody has a different, better way of doing it. And I want to learn that. If you think you're better than I am, I'm not going to be jealous of you. I'm going to sit at your feet and listen to what you have to say because it's going to make me a better person. Yep. That's where we're going with that. And that's that's how your team wins with the one guy's in Houston and one guy's in Dallas. Yeah. Because inherently they don't like each other. But if they're the same mission and you're, you know, obviously you're mission oriented. This is something that's that is not only bonding. It's a winning formula. Totally. We had a guy, uh, one of our best sales reps. He was the salesman of the year two years ago. And then he was runner up this last year. We have awards for all this. So the guys are chasing that. Guys are talking smack already for rookie of the year next year. And we had a guy sell 30 accounts in a day, which blows my mind. I just, I don't even get like, time must have stopped for him to do that. Cause my best day ever was 17. So he almost did double what I did. And what that did for the company was just a, once again, perspective changer people just die to hear from him. They begged me to get him on the company-wide Zoom call because they just got to hear from what the heck did he do? What did he say? In Dallas, Texas is a competitive market. That's where he did it at. And people are like, oh, this is just mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing to me, right? I had to, I had to call the branch manager and say, did he actually do this? Or is, there's a, is there some foul play here? Sure <laughs> enough, he did it. He's amazing. He always will be. And exactly what you said, we we're able to connect these guys have them all write a page of our sales uh, workbook, have them on the, the, the Zoom calls, mic them up, and we have a hidden camera somewhere in the bushes so we can just copy what they say and distribute that so that everyone else can say a little bit of what they're doing and just give more of a hope that these types of things are possible. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, yeah. It's phenomenal. And it, it is part of your work ethic that has created this. You're aware of that, correct? I hope so. I think it's pretty obvious. I think that you combined... Your, your family, your ambition, your past history of success, um, even though you, you may have gotten cut, uh, that was God's way of telling you football is not for you, but uh, pest control is. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. It's kind of, a, it's kind of a dirty trick, but maybe, you know. But look, yeah. I, I think we call it the ball stops for everyone at some point. And so hopefully the lessons you've learned there are going to parlay you into something five Correct. of the things that are, that are uh, yeah. bigger and better later. So take the, the learnings the successes, the failures, and then, and then apply them. And so when you're 40s, 50s, 60s, you become better. I had a mentor of mine 
um, who did door to door selling vegetables like 30 years ago in Brooklyn. And we've had some good conversations. When I met him, I was, you know, in my late twenties, he goes, your twenties are awesome, but just wait till your thirties, how much more talented, smart, uh, how much more money you have, take all the learnings and then try to start a business. It'll be better. Then he says, wait till you're 40, wait till you're 50, then wait till you're 60. It just gets better and better and better. As long as you're willing to apply the failures and not look at failures as something that stops you, but something that exalts you. Yeah. I was taught very early on by the late, great Glenn Turner, whose company was Dare to Be Great. He said, I'm giving everybody here a bag of cement and a bucket of water. And you're either going to make a stepping stone or a stumbling block out of it. It's totally up to you. Very good. That stays with me daily, literally daily, since 1972. Okay, so keep in mind that when you have that message in literally implanted in your, not ingrained, implanted in your mind, you're always looking for the pony inside of a barn full of horseshit. And you're always looking for that outcome that will get you to the next thing. Always. Never being... It may hurt your feelings every once in a while, but it's not going to discourage you. Sure. So diehard, I'm going to tell you, we've done a thousand podcasts. This is top five, because I think that you have an opportunity to have an understanding of what it's like when someone says no to you and you look at it as not yet. Right. And when someone says they're not interested, you self-reflect that you were not interesting. And you take on the responsibility of being interesting to go to the next house or the next call, not blaming the other guy for, well, the guy said he didn't have the money. The guy said he wasn't interested. No, I'm not interested. I don't know what that guy said. The reason that guy said he was responding to what you said or didn't say. Yep. This is what I taught two days ago at our, our sales meeting. When you show up to a door, you want to be the best thing that's happened to them that day, that week, that month. And if you're so dang good, potentially that year, I'm incredibly persistent. So are a lot of our sales guys and persistence is inspiring. A movie that's riddled with persistence is the one that makes you cry and leave and say, we got to go see that again. We got to buy that movie. It was so good. And so you can actually go to a door and think, well, persistence might bug this person or my persistence can be so inspiring. I'm the best thing. They, I'm the best movie they'd seen at their door. Right. And so, I teach this to our movie's about guy. a Philadelphia Eagle. It's called Invincible. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say Rudy, but yeah, that's good too. <laughs> uh, I was telling our sales guys a, a couple of days ago that show up to the door with just a little bit more than what the customer has. What I mean by that is just have a little bit more energy. So right away they say, wow, I, I like your presence. Then you've already won, right? Be a little bit more knowledgeable on the product. So they look at you as a source of knowledge right? Be a little bit more in a lot of these categories. They'll look at you and say, you know what? I, Captain, I trust what you say because you're just a little bit more put together in this moment right now. And you can control all those things. You can control your energy. You can control your attitude. You can control how sharp you are. You can control your knowledge on the product. You can control all those things. And so blaming it on the guy, I refuse to ever let my sales reps ever hear me say, oh yeah, this guy, this guy said, because I don't want them to ever even think that I'm a complainer. I don't want them to right. think that we ever put blame on somebody else beside ourselves, right? That person wasn't a no, like you said, it was just not yet. I'll come back and get him. As a matter of fact, I put a pin on the app on their house. I want you to go back to his house in two months. We'll lock him down then. That's just the mindset we, we have and we induce in everybody that comes in is we have complete control. 
We don't have control on whether they say yes or no. We have complete control of the outcome, whether it's today or tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, you have, when you have control of yourself and you discipline yourself to be positive and engaging and gaining the confidence of others, then and only then can you win more often than you lose. Right. But so many of those things that you said, people don't even just naturally take control for them, right? They just, they already blame. So when you stop and and re-listen to what Mitch just said, listen to all of the things that you actually can control. Right. They're not variables. They're, they're, they're elements within your control. And that's so powerful. Yeah. This isn't a, uh, let me tell you that sales, because you control everything, is so easy. You're going to get everyone to tell you yes. It's, it's, it's definitely not that. I knocked on 11,000 doors to sell uh, 1,000 homes. I gave 8,000 pitches and only 1,000 said yes. I tracked every single one of my pitches. That's a rounded number, but I gave 8,000 pitches. 1,000 said yes. That means 7,000 people told me no. But that's pretty dang good control of the situation to allow me to have ultimate success. That's still control. That's still a win, right? This is a nine times out of 10 people tell you no job, but if you can be a one out of 10 guy in this job, you're going to make a lot of money. And that to me is just, I don't care about the other nine no's because the one of 10 is the only number I care about. As long as I work a full day, the money's going to come in by the end of, end of the day. That's so interesting because when you hear a thousand homes, no one thinks about the seven or eight or 9,000 that said no to you. All they hear is like, whoa, you're so successful. They didn't, they don't, it must've been so easy. They don't think about, well, actually for every one, there were nine notes. Like it's so, wow, that's cool. I think that there's a strategy for going back and saying, I apologize for not getting my message through. Several people bought today, but you were not among them. And I was wondering if you would give me a second chance. Oh, did that happen? Did that already happen? I have stories. I, I used to knock a certain area and then three months later, come back. And I said, do you remember me? I'm the guy that you said that next time to, and I was uber persistent. I, I wasn't going to let you go then, but you shut the door on my face, but I'm back now. And be, because I didn't leave on a negative note, people bought for me all the time from coming back to their house again, because it wasn't no, it was just not yet. It was just, I'm going to get you next time. I'm fine. I'll go sell your neighbors and I'll make sure you miss out on the discount. No problem. <laughs> I didn't tell him that, but I'm going to, it's, it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. And Mrs. Jones, uh, it may be a bug to you, but it's bread and butter to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh man. Okay. So Mitch, let me ask you if someone wants to come work for you. Yeah. Where do they go? What do they do? How do they apply? What's the next step? Yeah. I mean, first, I, I, I'm, I'm active on my social media. Have them shoot me a DM on social media. I'll get them in touch with the right manager. So post my okay. Mitch Matthews 10 on social media or follow Anthem Sales on our social media. Send us a DM there. We'll take care of it. We'll get you in the funnel. You can go to our website, anthempestsales.com, and then uh, we'll get you, uh, that'll be the information. But if you want to interact with one of our guys, they're very eager to help uh, teach you sales. I can imagine. You know, I probably couldn't imagine more eager people on the planet. Right. Yeah. You got a, you got a hundred knees out there uh, ready to, uh, with open arms to teach people this uh, life-changing job. So I, I would say the first things first, send uh, or uh, Instagram a DM or me personally a DM, and then uh, let's talk. Love to. Okay. Awesome. We'll pop all that in the show notes so you can just scroll down, click and and get there. And look to the website if they want to do that way as well. And if, if you want yeah. to do even better, like a uh, a Google form. So I know that they came from your guys' show, anything like that, we can do that. 
And if you, as a diehard, are paying attention to this episode and have watched it twice, you will never step on a bug again and not think of Mitch Matthews. (laughs) I sure hope not. (laughs) Oh, man. Until next time, I'm Jen Gittimer. I'm Jeffrey Gittimer. Kill the bug. Kill the bug. But hire the company that can kill them for you. That's our tagline. Copy and paste. Thank you for being here. This was awesome. Thanks for listening to the show. Don't forget to like, share. Yeah, share with both your friends. And subscribe to the podcast. And remember, we have a free 22-day sales challenge. Just go to gutimer.com slash sales challenge to start you on your way.